This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Sawate, mihinomen est Stella, and you're listening to another Batgirl to Oracle Halloween commentary special.
This episode is brought to you by. Dudes, it's totally time to listen to fan holes. What's that, Mikey? Like only the most tubular, righteous, gnarly podcast ever. Um, I don't know, Mikey. I've got some science projects to work on. Yeah, Mikey, and you know, some of the things those fan holes say, you know, really ticks me off. Well, why don't we see what Master Splinter has to say about listening to fan holes? Yeah, sure. Okay, Leo. But what do you think, Master Splinter? Should we listen to Fan Holes, the pop culture podcast made for fans by the fans or not? I say... Go, Fan Holes! Go, Fan Holes! Go! <laughs> I made another funny! <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Turtle Power Podcast Hour, a podcast crossover event featuring Fanhole's podcast, Bored with Friends, and Animated Indulgence, coming this September. Backroll the Oracle is also brought to you by MileHighComics.com, your new and collectible comic book store. Mile High Comics has an inventory of over 5 million comics from the gold, silver, bronze, and modern age, and over 100,000 trade paperbacks. If you're not into the vintage stock, that's okay, because Mile High Comics also has a subscription service called the New Issue Comics Express, offering a discounted price for comics ready to hit the shelves. So if you're looking for vintage back issues or a great modern subscription service, be sure to check out milehighcomics.com. Well, it's that time of year again. Fall is actually hitting, I think, Virginia, because a friend of mine texted me a couple days ago and it said, happy July 94th, because the temperatures have been insane. Just last Wednesday, it was 97. Yesterday, it got up maybe to 60, and so this is this is perfect day to record. And the Halloween commentaries are always fun because I get to bring on different people and say what you will about Shagalicious because some people don't like him, but he does bring new people together. So this is someone that I met at Heroes Con a couple years ago and re-met Baltimore. So welcome to the show for the first time, Derek Crab. Hey, what's up, Stella? Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I think the reason why I thought about this is, and of course, you, you know, you kind of like to pay back people because you were so generous and had me on to talk about Nausicaa. I saw that you had watched this film you because you like to post when you're watching different DC things or comics you have read, which sometimes you make poor comic choices, but that's okay. We should uh, hey, here. That's 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 somebody <laughs> else's fault and not mine, but we won't sure, talk sure. about that. Yeah, yeah. But I saw that you had watched this and I thought, oh, that'd be the perfect one because I had gotten this film and I thought this would be a good commentary. I saw you had watched it and that was my thought. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah, yeah. No, this is awesome. I, I, I do really enjoy this. So I'm, I'm kind of excited that you asked me to talk about it with you. And he has said that he has pages filled with notes. So I'm thinking that I'm just going to sit back and watch the movie and he's going to do my job for me. So I'm even more excited. I cheated, you know, because technically there was there's four pages of notes, but I okay. wanted to be able to read them all. So now it's seven. So, so oh, you, you like made it yeah, large yeah. print. Yeah, well, no, I didn't. I didn't increase the font, but I just I added a bunch of you know spaces so I could actually like make out all the different points I was I was trying to remind myself of. So yeah. Gotcha. Well, we are going to be watching, if you couldn't tell by the album art, the 2019 film Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Dude. Yes, which was great uh, when it was announced. I was super excited about it. It is the first 
crossover I think that Nickelodeon has ever had with DC Comics and and Warner Brothers. And of course, it is based on some of those miniseries that we've had by James Tynion IV and Freddie Williams II. Basically, it's going to be Batman, Robin, and Batgirl, which really excited me, teaming up with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in order to save Gotham City from Shredder. And how do you pronounce this guy's name? I, I, I'll probably go with the animated series thing, the okay. Rachel Ghoul. Like, okay. I mean, but I know, you know, it's like, to me, that's like an endless, you know, like, it was funny when, when, <laughs> when, when, when they were doing like the arrow thing, like I got all kinds of messages about it and stuff like that. So, you know, people, you know, they had started saying Roz and then it's Raish and then, you know, anyway, but yeah, I, I'll probably say Raish. Okay. Yeah. Raish or Roz, depending on how it is. I mean, people... I'm sure there are nerds out there that sort of die on whichever hill it is and they'll never go back. But for me, it's purely academic. I think I'll just go with whatever. I just interchange it, which probably really upsets people. But yes, so this is the movie that we're doing. So as a little intro to it, and I will go through which actors were playing which character because they had some really great I, – I, I don't think I was unhappy with anybody's performance. Really great actors portraying these characters. I want to ask you, what is your history with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I, I commonly say I'm, I'm old school Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan. Like I had the black and white oversized issues, oh. you know, like the, those kind of issues. I mean I didn't – I think by that point like the first issue was like reprinted like six times over. So I don't think I had the oversized – of the the black and white original but i mean i remember going out and getting like the i think it was like the fourth issue and there was uh the casey jones Raphael like one shot and all those were kind of oversized and everything and i had them on my little mylar sleeves and all that kind of stuff like i i love the the i think like first made these collections and you could get them at walden books you'll you'll hear michael bailey profess his love for walden books but like i i remember walden books like had these first collections. And the thing that I thought was great about those is they were all in color. So it was kind of all the, you know, the red bandana, you know, Mirage comics and, and that kind of thing. So I, I remember I loved reading those. I, I obsessively watched the, the animated show when it first came out that ran for like 10 years or something. And so I, I, I heavily watched that as well. So I was, I was pretty big into it. I mean, there was, you know, the action figures, the, the, animated show the comics and everything like that so i i pretty much was in that kind of fandom from from day one or go so i i really enjoy it and then i think at the time this was announced i mean i guess a couple years earlier they had done the adaption of this particular movie so i i read that we actually covered it on our podcast and talked about it for a bit before the movie was announced so i could kind of go back and listen to like what my thoughts were on the source material you know before we recorded this and so that was was interesting as well and and i think at that point I, I don't think I kept up with it because I'll be honest. I think I think my podcast buddies are the ones that get me to read the IDW series, which is really great, by the way. But I think I've read about where it catches up with this first, I guess, miniseries or animated film. Like I sort of, I think it's like the first fifty or so issues. I think that's kind of like the cutoff point because of what happens to certain characters moving forward from the the 50th issue. And I think by now, I think they're almost on like a hundred issues. So I feel like I, I, I read like, you know, two or three years worth of comics at a time to discuss for a podcast and then sort of 
put them back down. But I, I don't think we've ever done a follow up since then. So I think it's been about, you know, two or three years since I've read the IDW series. I'm trying to think everything sort of muddled together in my mind. But I remember being really young and there was a costume and I'm it was the Raphael costume. I remember because we had the size and I'm pretty sure I probably inherited it because my brother probably wore it first and then I got to wear it. And I was aware also of the 90s series. And then my brother, and it was something I inherited as well, this, he had the action figures. I know he had the Turtles, Splinter, Bebop Rock Steady. I'm not sure if he had any more, but he kept them pristine. So they were, I would say they're mint on card, but they were also taken out. And so like, I was never allowed to play the, with them. I'm, I'm like, that's, that's the, that's the opposite of mint on card. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> oh, no, no, well, but, but, he, but you're saying, you're saying for the loose figures, like he just, he kept all the accessories and they were all like, but top he put notch, them right? back in the box, which is oh, why oh, it's wow. like oh, okay. moderately okay. mint on okay. card. Okay. Wow. Do you okay. see what I'm saying? So yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, I do yeah. know that it's technically sealed as Mentard card, but he would like take them out and then afterwards put them back in the box. Cool, cool. So anyways, I could only see them. They're like display only almost. I did at one point break one by accident. <laughs> but I think it was Michael Angel, you... which is his favorite. Oh, uh, I was going to say. His arm came off. I'm but this is something that I have inherited. I have the boxes and and the people, and then their their accessories are separate. But I don't put them back in the box. But I'm sure, like once I get you know a huge mansion, I can have my little action <laughs> figure room with you know all the Star Wars and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and stuff that I have. So, so anyway, so yeah, I was, I was gonna say, what do you think of the? Because they have those figures out now. At GameStop okay. Yeah, sometimes from, from I this. wander down the toy aisle and, and check to see how things have changed, but I haven't gone out and gotten any action. I mean, besides the action figures that you have sent me, which I legitimately keep mint on card now, I I don't get any more action figures. Oh, okay. Which is, I suppose, I don't know. I mean, I have all the ones I think I want. You know, I've got a couple Batgirls. I've got three Batgirls, I guess. One from you. I've got the Batman the Animated Series one. I have one that's New 52 styled. So, yeah. Yeah, because there's that Batgirl from this that is, I think it's packaged with Donatello because they're doing them as like Which makes sense. Ah. And that's one of the de- – I, I want to talk about that when we get to those team-ups there. I should – yeah, I should look at that and, and see. I think the main – like if I say toys I or I'll say collectibles because I feel like I don't know how you would play with these are like pop figs now. Mm-hmm. But even so, leading up to that, everyone had been giving me pop figs and I've never bought pop figs on my own. But now I've got a couple more but I have sort of put a stop to it. I'm like you cannot buy any more pop figs unless <laughs> of course. So, uh, so I'm still waiting for Lupin the third because I think those would be I I don't understand I saw, why they don't have those out there. I saw you I saw you uh, voraciously yelling on the Twitter. Of course, at, to Pop Funko. Yes, Pop Funko. So good job. <laughs> like at least at least that's. Well, uh, they send out. I'm like, okay, you've got another anime coming out, but not like a classic one that's been going forever, and the creator just passed away. It's like the perfect time room. But anyways. We've gotten off topic. So, <laughs> so I've known about, yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think that would be my history. And I'm actually currently reading, I read it by trade, but I read the IDW series, the, the new by um, Eastman and Waltz and all of that. And I very much enjoyed it. So, so I think that's the only book I've ever read by trade ongoing because everything else would be a series that it's done. Hey, I get all those. But so I look forward to, to getting those and continuing that story all the time. Yeah. 
Well, here's another. This is a tough question. Do you have a favorite turtle? And also, if you would like, besides favorite turtle, do you have a favorite side character in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle universe? I think I'm going to just do the quick and dirty answer. I, I think my favorite turtle, as it stands today, right now, would be Leonardo. I mean, I like okay. I like that kind of type. I mean, we we frequently talk about you know we like you know Cyclops as a leader. I, I like Dick Grayson as the leader of the Titans, like that that archetype. I feel like Leo serves that purpose, and and I enjoy when he is you know spotlighted or you know th- those skills are well on display so for sure it'd be leonardo as far as a favorite turtle goes and then i guess for side character i'm probably gonna pick casey jones i think because i think i think when i was a kid i thought he was like super cool and like i i i liked i think that was you talk about like men on card and all this other stuff like i i was of the foolish age where i bought two of everything at that point and so I bought one to open and one to keep men on card. But Casey Jones, I only found one of. So I just, I just, oh. I just kept it men on card until it, until it entered the great purge, as I like to call it, where I got rid of a lot of things. But, but that was, I, I never had a, a open Casey Jones to enjoy. So yeah, but that's, the, I would say Casey Jones is probably my, my favorite ancillary character. I, I'll agree with you and say Leonardo, though. In recent years, I think I have started to appreciate Donatello way more. And I I mean, I really like all of them. I think they all have their specialties and special qualities and things. But Leonardo is the general one that I would go to. But Donatello, I think just in watching adaptations and continue to read, I think I have more respect for him. Because I feel like he's frequently sort of pushed to the background in the sense – because Leonardo, obviously the leader, and then Mike – He's the the cut up. He's always, you know, and then Raph is the angry one who always gets into altercations with everyone, but especially Leonardo. So it's like Donatello is always the safe one and his intelligence. And so I always feel like he's kind of in the background, but I've started to appreciate him a lot more. And then through my reading of the IDW's current series, I really like Alloplex, Mm. who is a mutated snow fox. And she was a villain in the beginning with Shredder. And I just really, I, I think just a really great design and how she looked. And then now that she's on the side of the turtles, you know, there's some shipping there with Alplex and Raphael. So of course, you know, I'm totally down with some interspecies shipping. (laughs) Um, So she's, she's Uh, totally my favorite character. I don't see her as much now. I, hopefully they'll start to bring her back. But whenever I see her, I'm like, Oh yeah. Cause she, she hangs out with no one or nobody. Um, so that's been fun. Angel. So yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's the preliminary stuff here. So we've got this movie. I do want to run through the cast, and then we'll go through our expectations and just get started because that's why people are here. So this guy, Troy Baker, oh, man, he is playing Batman and the Joker, which is shocking to no one if you know who Troy Baker is. Eric Bauza as Leonardo. Darren Chris, who has done some Broadway stuff, as Raphael. Baron Vaughn as Donatello. Kylie Sorry, wow, that was weird. Kyle Mooney as Michelangelo. Ben Giro as Damian Wayne, my favorite Robin. Woo! Don't at me. Uh, Rachel Bloom as Barbara Gordon, who was on Your Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and Donovan Loves Her. Brian George as Alfred Pennyworth. Jim 
Meskimen as Commissioner Gordon and the Scarecrow, Andrew Cashino as the Shredder, Cass Anvar as Raish or Raz Al Ghul, Tom Kenny, who that's SpongeBob, is it not? Yeah. As the Penguin, John DiMaggio as Mr. Freeze and Penguin Thug, Tara Strong as Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy. There's a ship right there with one person, and the Pizza Delivery Girl, apparently. <laughs> Carlos Alizraki <laughs> as Bane. Yeah. And then Keith Ferguson as Baxter Stockman and Two-Face. So as you can already tell, we've got a bunch of villains that are both in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles rogues as well as the Batman rogues. So, well, we own this. I'm pretty sure we both own this. And what were your expectations going in? And don't say if they were met, but the first time that you watched this before, I guess, what expectations did you have going into this movie i i don't think i had high expectations because i i think i think i enjoyed the source material it was based on and there were there were moments i was certainly excited by and thought were really cool but i think the overall project i think there were there were things where i i didn't think the source material worked that well like i was like oh that was fun like it's a team up i like team ups you know usually i'm always game for a good team up regardless of the quality of it and i thought the quality of it was pretty good you know it was okay so i was like i think going into this i was like yeah this will this will probably be fun so that was that was kind of my my thought of it you know and i didn't you know i i I didn't think it was going to be like the greatest thing i'd ever seen or anything but i just kind of thought hey this will be probably a fun way to to spend the afternoon or something Absolutely. When I saw, so it's been a while since I have pre-ordered or without having watched a DC animated film. I think maybe the first and maybe the second wave, I trusted them <laughs> enough that like, oh, this is going to be high quality. And by that, I'm talking, you know, New Frontier, the Doomsday one. You know, I know some people don't like that as much. Uh, you know, so those earlier ones, I've anything that came out, with the exception of like the Green Lantern, was very good. And but now I'm very hesitant, so I just watch them before and see like, oh, is it? And I feel like they're getting better. They're getting better. Um, so this one though, I like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Nickelodeon had a part of it, so I thought, okay, I think this might be decent. And you had the Burnside form of Batgirl in it, and I had seen the trailer. I think they showed like a a long clip and Batgirl was in it the intro they had put that out and I thought I feel like I'm going to give this a shot so I ended up pre-ordering it and I watched it and I I will say that I was I was happy with it I knew that it was going to be based you know with air quotes on that <laughs> the source material but but I think only to a certain extent I don't think fully and I think it's it has a different tone potentially than the actual source material does but so my expectations, I think, were moderately high because I thought this needs to be a fun movie. Those, those are basically my expectations, and I also thought you can't mess up Batgirl. So those are my two expectations. Fun movie, don't mess up Batgirl. If you do that, you'll be fine. So those are my expectations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Batgirl's, Batgirl's your character, right? I mean, yep. you, you, you would always have high expectations if one of your favorite characters Absolutely. was featured in, a, in an animated property. Absolutely. Okay, well, anything else before we get into this? No, let's do it. Let's go. Okay, so I'm going to turn on my TV now. So we are queued up at three seconds. That's as close as I could stop it on my 
on my TV here. Uh, so I can barely see, once it pops up here, uh, the WB logo. And this time, because I know there have been people, cough, cough, Jacob, that complain when you can hear the audio through. You won't be able to because it's on my TV, so I don't think you'll be able to. So, Derek, since this is your first time, probably not listening to because I know you are a fan of the show. Thank you very much. Um, but we always bring things with us into these commentaries. Could be fun things. Could be things that you actually have on hand. Could be food. So what are you bringing with you to watch this film? What I typically enjoy when I enjoy a good movie is my bag of Sour Patch Kids Extreme! Because they, <laughs> they, they have to be extreme. Like, I can't I can't go back to the regular ones after the extremes. So, okay. that's, that's what it's going to be. And it's also kind of, you know, it, it, I don't feel guilty because, you know, this is Halloween thing. So, gotta gotta have my candy, right? So Absolutely. Well, I've got a giant ohm behind me, so that's going to be watched. <laughs> Which, anyone who doesn't know what an ohm is, I guess O-H-M-U, you're going to have to look it up on your own. I've got, of course, my Batgirl plush, and because it's fall, I've got some apple cider ready to go. Okay. So I'm going to say three, two, one, play, on play, or click and play, and then, and then the commentary is beginning. So here we go. All right. Three, two, one, play. So this is the obnoxious part where I start telling people what's on the screen. Nickelodeon, woo! Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, we can when we get to it because we're about to do that. Is this animated intro, which from I mean, this is new. Er. Yeah, yeah. So what are your thoughts on this going through the main JLA people, but then it, they zoom back and you get a whole host of. Yeah, I, I, what do you think about that? I, I kind of think it's cool. I mean, it's it's a little more generic than the Marvel kind of intro because they they sure. kind of nowadays they're focusing on all those you know actors and everything. So it's like this is kind of refreshing because you've got like an Aquaman that's not necessarily you know the Momoa Aquaman. So I I, I think <laughs> it's kind of cool. And now I'm kind of used to it because it's in it's in like practically everything I watch on the DC universe. You know, you start watching Swamp Thing or Titans or whatever, they play that that intro. So it's kind of becoming a staple now. I, I kind of like the way, I know we just passed it, but the way that the DC logo fades into the moon and everything, like, I think that's yeah. kind of, yep. you know, and then they've got those, uh, the, the, the powers building, I guess that's kind of a nod to, to Batman Beyond, you know, good old Derek Powers Blight and Batgirl's being super awesome. See, this is the first <laughs> moment of awesome for Batgirl. Like, I, I love the way yes. she totally, like, blocks those shurikens and everything. So I, I think this is, this is a super good start. Like, I knew I was in for, for something good when, when the movie started. And I'm, I was pleasantly surprised that they started with Babs. Yeah, because she's not in the source material at all. Like, I, it's almost right. like they they amalgamated like a lot of really intelligent and 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 either side or prominent supporting characters into the role that Batgirl ends up playing. Kind of kind of like what you were talking about about Donatello. Like, there's there's a lot more respect to be had because she's not only I guess what the 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 girl at the computer or what I don't, I, I forget how they call those, those characters, but those, you know, supporting characters where, you know, they're saying, Oh, I'm your guy in the chair, right? Like Donatello yeah. and Batgirl conceivably are girls and guys in the chair, but they also right. go beyond that too. So it's like, she gets to, you know, fill multiple roles in this. And, and that's something that is kind of cool. And I was, the thing I was happy about with this was it's, it's happy to see, you know, the kind of Neil Adams error, Batman costume because this was based on kind of the New 52 
era of Batman when the comic right. came out. Yep. So this was, I, I think it was kind of cool to see a more, I guess in my mind, I mean, you know, some people may fight me on it, but I, I think it's a more <laughs> iconic version of, of Batman that is paired up with the Turtles here. So I, I think that's yeah. pretty worthwhile. Yeah, I think you have a mix of like the past and and the present because the gray and the blue is actually my favorite old school Batgirl costume, so that was nice. But then you have the the Burnside costume, and then even with this this intro, which is amazing, it's almost Sin City yeah, style, yeah. you know. But just having that the flash of colors, but mostly black and white, be, which of course harkens back to the original black and white turtle. So I think they they do oh, a good job of first, bringing it forward. But oh the yeah, there issue, you are, right, right? there. Yeah. yeah. They do a good job of bringing it to the present, but also I think think paying homage to the you know original. Yeah, because I think in the original, the the person that describes all the the flashback to Batman is just a kind of generic female scientist. So then in this case, like Batgirl gets to take on a lot of those roles and everything that they have. And then I I guess some of the stuff that I was going to mention was that yeah I know you went through like all the actors and hey look there's a mug. And I was gonna say like <laughs> like what do you, what do you think's in that mug, Stella? I'm I'm gonna go with. I'm hoping tea. Oh, I, I don't know I was, what you're trying to no, 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 uh, say, I, sir. I, I I actually like tea myself. I'm 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 not a drinker <laughs> of that other beverage, but I thought maybe it might be some hot apple cider as well. You know. <gasps> It could. Right, you're right, right. right. You're right. Well, so super. And then this, like, I don't know why, like, this may be a reach, but you see how they have, like, the Foot Clan guy on the TV screen and the, you know, yeah. the expositional news network, you know, copyright Michael Bailey TV screen. Yeah. Like, I was kind of like, is that a subtle nod to the 67 Spider-Man show? Like, you know how, like, sometimes he's animated and he doesn't have, like, any like web lines, but it's like it's just a <laughs> red, true, red yeah. mask and stuff. I don't know. It looked kind of like Spider-Man to me. But I guess um, the director of this is a guy named Jake Castorina, and like he directed a lot of different DC animated projects, and this is all my own personal opinion, but he seemed to direct a lot of things that I actually enjoyed, so I think that speaks to the quality of this as well, and it doesn't surprise me that I had a good time watching this, because he directed the, the Death of Superman, the, the recent you know two-parter, he directed that first half. I consider the good half. And then there's the uh, Justice League action episodes, which I think are awesome. There's that Scooby-Doo and Batman Brave and the Bold animated movie. So he directed like a lot of really cool projects. And then I think he directed some of the Batman Unlimited stuff. But I I don't know if it was the movies because I haven't seen all of them. But they're like little, you know, kind of, I don't know, web TV episodes and stuff like that. And let, it, let us not ignore the fact that Michelangelo has one young, young chuck and then a slice of pizza. Yeah. And then I think it works well because, of course, blimps in Gotham kind of pair up with the turtles rather naturally since, of course, the turtles have their own turtle blimp. You know? so. <laughs> and then we've got Tom, Tom Kenny here reprising his Penguin role. This, this, is, is this not your favorite Penguin voice actor? Because I know you like the Batman, you know? I do really like the Batman. I know that, that some people are like, huh? I feel like it's a really underrated show. But yeah, when I heard him talk, I was like, oh, yes, flashback to the Batman. Yeah. So I am happy. I mean, it yeah. seems like he, he does that role a lot. It's almost like he's, to me, it like I, it, he may very well be like a definitive Penguin voice, you know, because he, he's done it so much in all these different projects. And I kind of, they didn't go with, say, the necessarily the, what I'll call like the superpowers or the, the, the Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, praise be his name, look for the Penguin, but his umbrellas have that color scheme. You know, they've got the primary colors and everything. So again, kind of like the, 
the Batman outfit kind of harking back to sort of a classic 70s Neil Adams look here. You know, it's, it's kind of the same with at least the Penguin's umbrellas, you know. I will say that some of these weapons look like the actual weapons that you would get with the original action mm. figures. <laughs> Even that kind of pizza slicer that the guy poked through the uh, the hologram, it looked like the actual one. Oh, and that, that guy right there looks like a mutant from the... Uh, what is it? What is that called? The the Frank Frank Miller? Oh, oh. Story? See, I, I wouldn't have thought of that because my, my take on that guy was it was supposed to be a nod to, to Krang because you know how Krang has that... Oh, that that's also true. Yeah. And, like, the thing, and he yeah. has like that weird head with the glasses. But I mean, I guess they both kind of... Right. No, no, but you're right too because they both... It's kind of like an amalgamation of, of something from yeah, Batman, them, something yeah. from Turtles. So yeah, that's that's super cool. Do you think you would be able to, without their colors, do you think you'd be able to remember them just by the their skin their skin tones? Uh, this is a frequent problem with with Judge Dredd as well, where you're like, hey, I can't I can't tell the turtles apart without like I, I think what I would point to is I, the trick I would use is what weapons are they holding because here's yeah, the original you know the original turtle comics they all had the red bandanas so it wasn't so much I was telling them apart by color coding but if somebody had nunchucks you knew it was Mikey if somebody had katanas you knew it was Leo and so forth but I mean the the thing that drives me wild is when like sometimes in even the Archie comics they would have things where they all dressed up as civilians. And then, and then at that point, you're like, wait, they don't have bandanas, they don't have weapons, and you know, maybe if you're lucky, Raph is in that trench coat hat look that like Ben Grimm has, so you kind of know yes. Raph. But then everybody else is dressed up in like parkas and sweaters, and like you're like, dude, I, I, I don't know, I don't know who, and I'm not really sure. And then you have to like pay attention to like the dialogue, probably at that point, you know. You know, the one thing about this that you talked about, like what your expectations were for this, I have to admit, like, I, I know a lot of the DC animated properties are very, you know, PG-13 and there's a lot more violence and, and maybe blood and gore than, than people might mm -hmm. be expecting. But I think going into this as a Turtles crossover, I didn't expect, you know, like when Wrath kind of, you know, nails that, you know, mutant slash Krang looking guy in the face. Like yeah. I didn't expect as much blood, blood yeah. as there was going to be in this, and I'm not. I'm not saying I, I you know, I, I, I take any offense to it. It's just it. It surprised me that that it treated the violence. I, I would say somewhat realistically. Like I know, you know, a lot of times you have these kind of you know violent cartoons, and and of course there is no consequence to the violence. But here I was kind of like, oh wow, I'm like yeah, this this clearly, you know, he clearly broke that guy's nose, you know, like that guy is not getting back up from that anytime soon or, or this. Wow. You know, you're like, Ooh, I was kind of like, yeah. did you see that? He got nailed in the head, you know? And, and I, I don't think I was expecting that at all. I don't know. Did you, did, did the, did the sort of violence in this? I think, yeah, uh, the first time you kind of realize like, Oh wow, this is for real. I'm trying to think about what the, the suicide squad movie was mm -hmm. rated mm -hmm. because I remember someone's head was blown off really, <laughs> right really the early so on. I think you get a yeah. good tense. Yeah. A good sense of that. Oh wow. We're really into this. Uh, but it is shocking because animated wise and even turtles and Batman separately. And if you think, Oh, it's going to be a fun tone. You're like, Oh, they might do the no blood kind of thing. Yeah, that They yeah. had that rule way back when. 
But well, because you, yeah, so I think I was probably surprised first, and then and then you kind of got accustomed to it as it moved yeah, on. I like realized, oh, okay, this is what it'll be. Man, this fight is great. Like it's brutal. Like this, I think this kind of like I mean, it has great choreography, and like I think I would put this fight up there with like some of the really great fights that I saw, and like I, I think the the one that like Jay Olivia did in for the Dark Knight Returns with like Batman and Superman, I think that was a really well choreographed animated fight. And then the the 2007 uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film, the the CG one, the TMNT one, like that fight with like Raphael and Leonardo, like in the rain when they're they're fighting amongst themselves and everything, like. I, I think they're just as good like this this one because it's just it it I don't know like they, they they talk about how they had different influences for this like the raid and everything and and the director himself said well because I guess the director comes from a place where he storyboards a lot of these different series regardless of whether he's directing it but this was one of his directorial projects and he was even saying like I probably shouldn't storyboard this but then he was kind of like but it's Batman versus the Shredder like he's like I kind of I kind of want to storyboard this and I think it turned out fantastic I mean I, I I think it's really good. And I suppose it's an age old question of, you know, who would win in a Well and and then you talk about how it's like loosely based on the source material. I mean, this doesn't happen really in the source material. And and they almost do this kind of Dragon Ball Z thing here with this kind of, you know, it, it's like the uh the the Hoshi uh Sato kind of or Hoshi Saki, you know, whatever it is, move, right? Like it's it's the amalgamation of like both their their Hamato Yoshi and and uh Oroku Saki's name is like a super move, basically. And it's it's like that's something that I thought was was really cool in terms of the fight. And it I guess it might even for for people who are like mega fans of Batman and think Batman can't lose to anybody, I mean it does incorporate an added layer to the fight that would explain why, you know, Batman's momentarily halted because it's not something that he would expect. It's a move he's never encountered before. It's interesting because Gotham was based off of New York City, so it's almost like shouldn't they have been in the same city the entire time? Mm. That's that's interesting because because then like in the in the source material they go into how it's all this dimensional portal stuff. So it's like I'm from another New York that's not your New York, and you know there's no Gotham City there and that kind of thing. And it gets a little kind of convoluted because you've got all this dimensional hopping. But in this, it's kind of like they just right. kind of you know they they came down in the turtle van to Gotham to see. What was going on? I mean, if you go by, I guess the the DC Atlas, you know, it's like they they probably drove down to Jersey somewhere because that's kind of where Gotham City is, I guess, in the grand scheme of things. Wasn't that lucky? See that that is not the true consequence of violence. We didn't have to fall <laughs> into a bloody puddle of ooze when they landed on the the uh, garbage. I, I wonder if Raph, like, he just threw him out. Whatever happened, yeah, happened. Yeah. <laughs> he, 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 wasn't, he wasn't aiming for the garbage. Ah, uh, the Batmobile. With, wow, six wheels. What do you think about that? Actually, it might have more if it's double-wheeled ty- double in the back. I guess 
could be 10 wheels. What do you think? It's a Batman's redundancy platform. You know, he's always got a backup (laughs) plan. He's got a backup set of wheels. So, of course, Raph is the first to jump into the fray because he's the hothead. He's the guy who's going to get into fights early on. So that that, that makes yeah. sense in terms of, of how they... Yeah, this is this is fairly point for point how the fight goes, at least in the beginning in that first miniseries. I mean, the, the choreography might be a little different, but, you know, it, it's kind of similar to, to how they decided to, to go at each other in this and that they didn't... You know, it's that whole typical trope of a a team up where you know the the heroes have a misunderstanding they fight at first you know and then they they find their way to see to team up with one another but this is pretty consistent with how it was done in the in the comics i think yep do you think if they had all gone at one go they could have taken him uh I mean, I think I think one of the things I liked about the source material was that that at eventually, <laughs> eventually Leo like takes him out, you know, and and in this that happens as well. But I think it's with the excuse that you know he had that big fight with Shredder or whatever. But it's kind of funny because if you really look at that as an excuse, didn't he just have the fight with Shredder now, and he's cleaning the floor with all four of them? So, so yeah. I, I I don't know that that totally makes sense. And then the other thing I was going to say was, you know, Turtles' morality is pretty strong, <laughs> except for when it comes to pizza. So, you know, it's like Mikey's got to get that extra slice right in the middle of the fight. And there was a shipping moment. There was a shipping moment in the pizza. Shipper counter is at one. (laughs) Ding, ding. (laughs) That might be the only one. You you might get some, well, I mean, Donnie and and Batgirl kind of have some common ground, maybe. I mean. That's true. And he did have in the previous incarnation of, yeah. I don't know if he does now, but he did like April. There's also going to be a major interspecies creepy shipping moment uh, towards the very end of the movie too. So I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to sound off the alarms when that happens. <laughs> That's good. We have warm people shipping incoming. <laughs> and of course those, the, it's like he can make use of uh, those bandanas, even though they can't take them down because he has yep. a ridiculously long cape. But the, the, the difference here is that Donatello is the one who kind of ends the fight because one character that's been removed from this adaptation is master splinter. So Splinter's right. the one who actually like disperses the fight and kind of has the ninja banish or whatever. So that's that's something that's worth pointing out. Do you think Splinter would win in a fight versus the Batman? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I to me, I'm like Leo wins, so Splinter has to win. I mean, that 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 yeah. seems pretty to me pretty obvious. Oh, I really like Keith Ferguson in this. Like, I think he's really really good. Like, I think he gives a great performance. And then the thing I like about this that this is going to be the counter, not a shipping counter, but a counter of me saying that this film adaptation is better than the comic source material. Sorry, James Tiny in the fourth. I'm just saying it. It just <laughs> upon the source material is all I'm saying. But 
the reason why I like that he's included is because you've got a mutant creature right here at the forefront. Like we're only like 18 minutes into this and it sets it up so that when things happen later in this film, it doesn't come out of left field so much when there's more mutant creatures. I feel like it's, it's a good mm-hmm. way to establish that. And then this too, I think is a good change because you've got Ra's al Ghul with the League of Shadows and Ubu or League of Assassins. And then you've got Shredder with the foot. Like this is, this is brilliantly displayed. Like, they're both the heads of their clans. They're both got their own little army of ninjas, and they're on equal footing. And that's something I usually appreciate about well-done team-ups. Because you can you can team up anybody and put them together and then have somebody have more, I guess, a better showing than another character. But I think this film, the reason why it excels and is really good is because when you have Batman fight Shredder, it ends in a draw. But they both have really good showings, and it's a brutal fight, and they both have really good moments. And here you've got Ra's al Ghul and Shredder right here standing at like equal footing with one another. They both have their armies. They're both standing up to one another. And I think, I don't know, in the source material, it was kind of like Batman and the Turtles kind of had their way with the Foot Clan. And Shredder was kind of already beaten in a sense when he teams up with Ra's al Ghul. So he was almost at his mercy. But here they're kind of, you know, equal partners, I'd say, at least at a, at an even playing level when this, this film starts. So I, I think I appreciate that way better. I find it interesting. They decided to go with Baxter Stockman already mutated rather than sort of the scientist. Hmm. Well, I mean, he's still a scientist, but you know, right. Right. In, in his human form to start with, I, I mean, I guess that'd be more, origin type stuff and they're going to establish that they can change you know just a standard ninja into a a mutant creature rather than a scientist I suppose and uh, countdown to uh, you are in my favorite Robin showing up But yeah, I, I think this is a good scene because it also establishes kind of what they're potentially trying to do, even though I think like a lot of supervillain plots, it has a little... And, and this guy kind of looks like... Uh, I know you, the, you talked about a Lopex, right? Like, I, I was kind of thinking yeah. of that, where it's like, oh, look, this this is another sort of mutant wolf, you know, fox, you know, kind of type creature. So I was like, and there he is, everybody's favorite Robin, hanging from the rafters, Damien. Woo! Yeah! Yeah, I dig Damien. Damien's- and for once, he doesn't sweep in. He just looks. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. good. That's He's growing. He's, he's doing some stealth. He knows what's up. He knows what's up with Grandpa. He, he knows he can't drop it in and screw up Grandpa's stuff right away. That's true. Man bat. Yeah. I guess they thought it was an urban legend, like the crocodiles in the sewers in New yeah, York City. Yeah, that's, that's pro- well, then, then we get back to that old uh, Batman's an urban legend, but then he's, like, standing in the U.N. with the Justice League. Like, I, I don't know if that pans <laughs> out, but whatever, you know. But, yeah, you've got, you've got them kind of doing the research in some kind of, like, arcade internet cafe, I guess. Like, whatever this is. Dirtbag stole my thigh.
see this is this is Leo kind of doing his typical leader thing, but he also is kind of doing some detective work as well. So like I, I kind of like how that shows him out, and I, I dig Mikey's Venn diagram here. <laughs> oh my! It's like this is yeah. this is pretty much lifted from the. The, the comic too, you know. This is what's cool about Batman. This is what sucks about Batman. So there she is again, Burnside back. Yay! Yeah, I, I remember kind of being uh, surprised because, I again, she was not in the source material, so I was happy to see her play like a prominent role in this. And I, I think th- throughout the course of this, she comes off, you know, extremely well. And I, I could understand why you were excited, one, that she was in this, but also that that it, it did not disappoint, I think. You know, like the, there was a lot of cool things that she got to do, and she had a lot of good showings in this. So I was... I, I was, yeah. You know, to, to me, like, I know, I, I know the pains of when you have, like, a favorite character, and uh, as I like to say, they go, ooh, at a manhole cover, because that, you know, never happens to anybody. But, you know, Bad Girl did not uh, have any of those moments in this, so I, I think that's what was, was super cool. And he's not as much of a jerk as he could well, be I mean, here, because he did just ask for Yeah, I mean, I mean, they, they still have the arc with him. And, you know, where he, he, you know, he's like Professor Batman is a jerk, you know, because he, he can't get with the whole, you know, <laughs> the, the whole have fun and be with family thing. I mean, he's still learning that that no man's land lesson like over and over and over again in this as well. But I mean, it, it's it's probably done where he he appreciates it and, and actually takes the lesson to heart, I think. And then this was a good change, too, because because I think in the source material, they just kind of. I don't know, ninjas show up in the Batcave, and I, I kind of liked that shot before where they're, like, swimming to the Batcave. Like, I, I thought that was that was a cool way to get them inside the Batcave. Like, that was, you know, well thought out. And they've got their turtle phones, so, their shell, what are they, shell cells? Yeah, and so this is the, uh, the cameo shot of all the different... Batman suits in the cases. You've got yep. the the Thomas Wayne bat suit. You got the the original Bob Kane outfit before Bill Finger was involved. You got Bob Kane's uh, first appearance outfit with the purple gloves. You got kind of a golden age, no oval JSA Earth Two look, and then you've got the classic kind of Silver Age new look with the yellow oval and the short ears. So I think I think that all leads up to kind of the Neil Adams looking costume that he's wearing now. What are your thoughts that they don't have any Robin outfits on display? Well, that it, probably that that uh, no Robins have been uh, executed in this universe. I guess I don't know. Okay. Maybe Damien's the first one. That's that. I I I gotta be honest. I know everybody would hate this, but I think that's what they should have done when they rebooted. I think they should have just had it be Damien, and and I know that would have like drove everybody crazy, but. <laughs> I I I, yeah. I think the the uh, the five year timeline drives everybody just as crazy. So, oh, so, so. but yeah, I this this is one thing. I'll, I'll go to props for the comic. Like I think the comic moment where Mikey's riding the dinosaur in this is is a better moment. Like I like the line where he rides the T Rex and he's just basically like, "Dude, this is everything I've ever wanted in my entire life." <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, and it's like it doesn't. I don't know. Like, like it's still a good moment. It's still funny. He's dressed in the bat costume and everything, and and he does that. But it's not. It's not quite the same as the comic. So that that's one nod I'll give to the comic. You know, over over this uh, adaptation or whatever. And then of course, you know, now you got Damien. You know, you, I'd say Damien was sweeping the floor with the turtles, but they're they're not trying to, you know, hurt. Uh, you know. Yeah, boy. So so it's not it's not quite as impressive as, you know, given the context of it. It's, you know, it's not uh, Spider-Man beating up the X-Men and see. Oh, my. You know, there is a great moment of (laughs) I always wait for those moments when like their heads or their whole bodies go into their shells and here is using it to keep them down. Yeah, they make they make good good use of that trick in, in this multiple times in this film. Get off, Robin. What a line you never thought you'd hear. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. He's probably thinking already, what do I need to do to beef up security? Well, there you go again. Do you think, are the teenage mutants, I mean, we never really get an age age. Do you think they're 15, 16, so they are older than Robin? Oh, yeah. Or do you think could be... Could they be this? Okay. Yeah, I, I think they're absolutely older than Robin. Like, like they're, if, I, I'm guessing in this, what, like, Robin's like eight or nine or something, like, uh, at the bare minimum, like, you know, maybe, maybe even yeah. younger than that. Like, maybe given younger, given the yeah. five-year timeline, like, he's probably not, you know, oh, not, not too old, right? But but them, I'm guessing, like, you know, they're they're at least, like, 15, right? Like, that's that's what I would guess. I love that line. I love it. Grandpa. Yeah, Grandpa. I think... Your father-in-law. <laughs> I think uh, the comic does a better job of setting up where they are, because I don't know that you quite know from this, like, where he is. Oh, my. So, yeah. Decapitation. Yeah. I mean, now they're kind of setting it up with the mental ward arrow sign, but but you still like kind yeah. of, like, where are they exactly? I guess maybe they're trying to save the surprise of who's in the cell, right? Like, I think that's that's probably the reason why they don't have a gigantic establishing shot that has the Arkham Gate or whatever. I hope that those people, I mean, they get good compensation or insurance I, or something for working in these. I places. highly doubt it. And and see, this, this is what happens when you drink coffee, people. <laughs> yeah, see? There's, there's consequences. You get Murdered, yep. May all those coffee drinkers on the Facebook and Twitter recognize. Oh, uh, the coffee drinker. I do. Yep, that was Ange right there. That I, I was knew Ange. him well, Horatio. So th- this is an interesting walk down, I guess, murderer's row, so to speak. But it, I am going to point out an issue that I always have is, like, wh- why is Bane in Arkham Asylum? Like, that that doesn't... Make- yeah, shouldn't he be... Yeah, like, like that, that's always been a sticking point with me. I mean, unless they're trying to say, like, you know, Oasito, his little teddy bear there, is his friend, like, has uh, voices and yeah. talks to him. Like, if that's the case, then I guess he's kind of delusional. But I don't think that's what's usually going on with Bane. So I've always kind of, like, when they put, like, Penguin or Bane in Arkham, like, it always kind of 
drives me up a wall because I'm kind of like, I don't think they're supposed to be in there, you know? I always feel like Toothpaste should be in Blackgate, too, because even mm. yells at me. Oh, there's my favorite. Poison Ivy. I'd, ugh, well, <laughs> I guess we'll see. Once they pick. No, I was just about, because they pick, like, I don't know. I feel like you pick loose cannons, and things are not going to work out well for you, but. Yeah, like, that's that's one of those things where you, I feel like it's, there's an understanding or you have to have an understanding of what the plan is. And I think Shredder is just a little less understanding than Rachel Ghoul. Cause ultimately I think Rachel Ghoul's plan is what it's always been for Gotham to eat itself in chaos. And it doesn't right. matter if he releases these people, it still facilitates his plan. Meanwhile, Shredder's like, Oh, I'm going to get to get the, the Lazarus pit and I'm going to rule a city and I'm going to do this. And I don't think he has quite the full comprehension of, of you know, Raceous wants everything to burn to the ground so he can start from scratch. And and I think that's I, I, that's my only no prize to, to why he would work with these people. Because ultimately, it doesn't matter what yeah. they do. He just he just wants them to burn the city to the ground. And then here you got the, uh, th- this was a change. The pizza girl was a pizza guy. So we, we had some uh, some representation here. Girls can deliver pizza, too. So there you go. There you go. I think she got a heavy tip. Yeah, I sort of think about whenever this happens, because they always go, you know, Joker is involved and all those. I think about the Sinister Six Mm -hmm. Spider-Man-wise. Because they have, you know, they try on their own, and that doesn't necessarily work out. And how easy is it to have a group of people that have tried on their own or don't want to really be bossed around. But the Sister Six, to a certain extent, I think listens to the boss for a little bit and then starts to break up. But it just doesn't seem like any of these people would listen to anyone else. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's always kind of the, the struggle you have when you're teaming up people like that. Because even, even if they're not crazy, like even if it's like Dr. Doom and Kang, they're always plotting to yeah. stab each other in the back eventually because they, they all say, we're going to have a great team up, right, buddy? And then their dialogue balloon is, and then I will kill you and take all the power for myself. You know, so, yeah. so I guess that's something where you sort of have to suspend your disbelief, right? You just have to be like, okay, well, they're, they're, all, they're all working in unison for, for a common goal. I mean, I, I think the, the notion that, that the, the TCRI ooze is payment for, for you know, breaking them out and, and the, the Joker venom and all that stuff. Like, I don't know. This, this version makes a little more sense to me. Yeah. The source. And, and I do like the Legion of Doom because they're usually there in order to take down their nemesis. Yeah. So like everyone has their own, but everyone realizes what their goal is. So they're all working together. But when it comes down to it, you know, Cheetah's going to go after Wonder Woman. And all yeah, that stuff. yeah, yeah. So the, we we just had a shot of uh, Talia, Nissa, and Ubu, and Bronze Tiger, and the Sensei. So it's all like the major players in the League of Assassins. So they had little cameo shout outs for for everybody who's interested. I haven't thought about Sensei since I read Batman Odyssey and was completely confused. Oh, you poor girl! You read Batman Odyssey, huh? I read, I read, I read. <laughs> I was confused. I read too. the Superman thing, and that was that was uh, pretty uh, bat poop crazy too. So you know, that's yeah. that's. Uh, I, I can only imagine what Batman Odyssey was like. So we got. Uh, see, I'm gonna I'm gonna say ding 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 shipper counter because Donnie and Batgirl have. <laughs> chemistry together 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what. So this is this is Leo kind of getting his, you know, like because this is a better moment in the comics, I think, because because Leo and Batman are sparring and Splinter's overseeing it. And Splinter makes comments like, watch your footing. He's pressing you. And and I think Batman says something to the effect of uh, he's doing fine. And Splinter goes, I wasn't talking to him. You know, and so like and, and so there there's a lot of good moments where they they, you know, and, and I think in this, the excuse I think they give is like, oh, look, Batman's cradling his chest. He had that fight with, uh, you know, Shredder earlier. Like if it wasn't if it wasn't yeah. for that, Batman would totally sweep the floor with Leo. So that's that's all the Batman fans, uh, you know, they, they can they can sleep easy at night and, and blame it on that. But sure. I, I think I think Leo would still win against Batman regardless. I do really like that scene where the, the animation style changes to represent, you know, Japanese mm-hmm. art and, and goes through that history. I appreciate that. Yeah, and they, they, they don't go too deep into the the uh, oh. IDW backstory, but the whole aspect of the, the reincarnation aspect. Right, Like, yeah. there's, there's a little flavor of that in that flashback. <laughs> Alfred acting as the father. This is like, who needs napkins? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> it looks like there's blood on their face. Man alive, they're animals. Yeah, it's a little, little, uh, Gotham City is made of people. People! <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, he's a no fun. Though. Yeah, see, this is this is uh, Professor Batman's jerk moment, right? And he's like, no. yeah, they need to refuel too. There's, there's no time for pizza when there's justice to be delivered. You know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> you do kind of. I mean, we all know Batman's gotten to the level of, I guess, the the minimal amount of nutrition he needs. But you kind of wonder, besides that tea. That he was drinking. What? What has he eaten? Well, that that that's that's my question too. Is I I was thinking about it, and and there's like more sequels to these that I haven't read, but I started looking at the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Batman like part three or whatever, and it's some kind of amalgamated universe, and so they get a bunch of pizza delivered, and I'm thinking to myself, how does Batman keep those like six pack abs if all they get delivered is like pizza to eat? Like I'm like, you can't you can't be that fit on pizza, so. But yeah, like this, this is the moment. It's like, this is, this is more of an exchange than, right? You know, Cause he's, he's exchanging the Joker venom recipe, you know, for the mutagen, you know? And so that, I don't know, that, wow. this to me seems a little more realistic, I think. How did the, his stomach acid not, um, not deteriorate? Yeah, the, I don't the, know. The, Burn the, through the, that. Yeah, I know. How long has he had that piece of paper? I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like the real villain is the the citizens of Gotham that smuggled in that piece of paper to him because you know he paid off somebody to give him that piece of paper so that it was ready for him to spit out of his mouth. So, you know, I I, I think I take okay. issue with that. This reminds me of Batman Arkham Asylum in the end where he takes the venom and or was that Arkham? No, no, no. That was you're right. It was, was the first, first one, wasn't it? He, yeah. And he turns all like uh, Ooh, giant. Yeah. Giant Huge. Joker. 
because it's technically then. This always this always kind of made me scratch my head, even in the source material. And I think it works better. I like Gordon with the traditional. He has the white hair and he's a little older. And I remember when they kept trying to say that the the source material miniseries was set during the New Fifty Two. I was kind of like, why is Gordon's hair not red then? And that was even true yeah. of the source material. So I was kind of like, I, I don't know. I I like this better. I like it that it has the more classic you know i keep calling it like a neil adams era vibe but i mean i, I like these looks because they seem more i guess traditional to me and it, it's fun to see those looks paired up with the turtles and i think i mean i i would say i think the the burnside batgirl fits in nicely you know like i don't i, I don't feel like she's out of place or anything like that i i, yeah. I enjoy that and you know that's you know a, a good at least she wasn't too close or he would have recognized her <laughs> Well, then, then you got the, uh, you know, he, maybe he recognizes her, but chooses not to, you know? Yeah, who knows? The only thing that's hard is seeing Batgirl with, this Batgirl with Robin is that I so love the Stephanie Brown mm-hmm. Batgirl with the Daily yeah, Wayne. Yeah, Robin. yeah, But there's no way that they would ever do that, so. I don't know, maybe, I wouldn't be surprised if that somehow finds its way into Young Justice, but but other, otherwise, oh, otherwise, yeah. I, I I agree with you. I don't really see that happening. But yeah, this is a fun moment too because they're they're just kind of racing along through the city and everything. Like, and they you know it's it's a moment for Damien to to actually be a kid. You know, like that's that's kind of a fun thing. Well, Batman's in no fun zone, so once he's gone, the kids can play. I thought Freeze wanted to be left out of it. He he apparently did, but I guess I guess he doesn't have any choice in the matter. I'm, I'm glad all those uh, years at medical school were put to good use. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is not the Harley Quinn that's dating. I, I guess not yet, right? Because that would, I mean, yeah. that would, I mean, if if it was really set, see, and that doesn't make any sense either, because you're like sitting there going, if this is set during the new Fifty Two, like Joker shouldn't have a face, right? Like, but whatever. Oh yes, 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 that wonderful. Story. Yeah. So th- I mean, th- this too, I think it's like you sort of turned the page in the the. Uh, comic and they were all mutants on the last page or something and i, I kind of like this better that you s- get to see the transformations and again I, yeah. I will say the choices they made in this project are much much better like i i couldn't you know it, what was funny was I, I knew when i saw this intuitively for the first time that i liked it better than the source material but i didn't know why until you asked me to do this commentary and i sat down and actually like sort of stared and compared at them and it, it, it was just like oh that's why i like this better you know i like it because batgirl's in it i like it because you know th- there are those moments like the shredder batman fight and everything and then specifically what they choose to the animals they choose to mutate them into are much much better i mean I'll, I'll i guess i'll point it out as they as they show up but just overall like i just think you know that's going to be my you can you know i don't know go into a hospital and take a shot every time i say the movie is better but like i i like it a lot better because most of the animals in terms of i, I think harley and joker they kept the same like she's some kind of you know 
dog hyena thing or whatever, and and he's still a king cobra. Like that, that pretty much I think was consistent with the source material. But then like some of the other characters, I think like uh, I Bane in the original was an elephant, and like it looked it looked dumb. I mean, I'm just gonna say it like it didn't it didn't look cool, and I I kind of like the idea that like here it's a little more streamlined, like he's he's a like a jaguar or a cheetah or something like that, you know. And so I guess to to me like when you talked about what my expectations were for the movie going in, I was like I think it'll be all right, but I actually think the movie exceeded my expectations for it because I think this movie is better than the source material. I think it actively improves on the source material. And like in that way, I mean, I, I guess I'll just call out like one of my favorite uh, of the direct to video movies, but like one of the movies I really enjoyed was under the red hood. And the reason why that, that uh, means yeah. a lot is to me at least is the source material, I couldn't stand it. I mean, I'm I'm not I, I'm not a huge fan of like the Judd Winnick Batman arts or anything like that. And he wrote the screenplay for the film version too. And I just think it was loads better. Like I think I think it it, it actually improved and made me appreciate that story more than the source material did. And I think in this case, like Mr. Freeze, I guess, is 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 a polar bear, but it's so goofy. He's got, like, the armor on, and he's got, like, the little helmet, and it looks so, I don't know, it just looks goofball to me. And this, where he's just, he's straight up the Coca-Cola polar bear, like, I <laughs> I, I dig that way more, like, the character designs in this. Like, I, I think, again, it, kind of what I'm, I'm getting at is I, I think it all, it tweaks it in a way that it actively improves the, the, the story and then the visuals and everything. That's not how the ooze actually works, though, is it? Because I thought it was whatever, like, the, the last animal you touched or if it had connect. But here it's just like it touches you and you turn it to something. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of theme-based. It's not very clear. Like, it's not like it's not like yeah. Bane was hanging out with, uh, you know, Wonder Woman cheetah villain before he, you know, he eats this. Yeah. But, you know. And then, and then, like you know, th- this is th- all the the various pairings. I think here work very well. You know, it's it's they've got you know, like like kind of what we said. You've got you know Donnie and Batgirl who have you know quote unquote chemistry together. You know, and then you've got you know Leo and Batman who are ostensibly the leaders of these these separate units. You know, as a pair. Yeah. And then later we'll see you know Raph and and Damian kind of being the hotheads are are paired together. And then you know you've got um, I'm trying to forget now. I'm like. I forget who Mikey pairs up with now. I can't even think of it, but that was the previous one, wasn't it? Dave? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Mikey and yeah, yeah. I do wonder. I mean, chemistry wise, they work, but to a certain extent, I feel like you should have split up your like have a weaker fighter uh, maybe with a stronger fighter because you just put your two top fighters together, and then you know I love Batgirl, but you put Batgirl with Donatello, and they might not be the strongest fighters together. So I would have maybe put them with i don't know it, it, it up and and you also gave them the strongest villain to yeah fight. it's it's interesting because that 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 the, the pairings were done more in terms of character Ugh. and theme and, and yeah and this this is pretty halloweeny and creepy and is not 
<laughs> it is not in the source material either. Like this, this, yeah. this is this is a good. I mean, because because I think if anybody uh, has the the willpower to to fight off the the scarecrow's machinations, it'd be Leonardo. But it still is is an effective yeah. moment, right? Because because he's he's clearly like traumatized by seeing his brother's deaths and everything. And and I guess you know to your point, it makes sense though if you're thinking about this in a strategic manner, right? Like why why would yeah. you put two hotheads on the same little mini team right like like maybe maybe yeah. you want someone you know, like if you put leo as a you know as i was calling him like a self-professed kind of dick grayson type maybe leo would temper damien's hot-headedness and maybe batman yeah. would temper raf's hot-headedness you know like something along those yeah right so I, I i see what you're saying and this part was interesting to me too because i'm like you don't have a bunch of blood and ooze coming out of uh right so it's like they they sort of made made hard and fast decisions on when that was going to happen and when it wasn't, you know? I've decided that Bane might be a jaguar because um, sort of the South American production. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of, like, the newest Tomb Raider. I remember you have to fight that makes war, sense. So See, I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's good that you're here because that, that, that's something. The I'll... Harley Quinn as the hyena, I feel like that's a good connection because she has those yeah, pets. Yeah, yeah. But I just have to work through the Joker, but I guess because the Joker Venom, maybe. You know, you, you know what's interesting? They they kind of treat the ooze in this like they do the uh, formula that Alec Colin makes in the first Swamp Thing movie. Like it's like it's uh, like that. Okay. It supposedly brings out the quote unquote inner you. Like that's how they treat it. So it's like you know Alec Holland, Of course, he's a good guy, so he turns into this you know plant elemental guy but it's like when arcane uses it he turns into this horrible wolf monster when when the big fat annoying thug guy uses it he turns into like this little tiny troll because that's what his you know that's what's in his heart i guess or something so i don't know maybe maybe the the south american jaguar is is what really is bane's heart you know or something like that i I don't know oh Look at that! Yeah, way to, way to uh, negate the nightfall stuff. And this, this was <laughs> that's see, that's all Batman needed was a turtle shell. And, and this, this, oh, he even has a cito. I, I love this where she takes him out with a barbell. Like this is one of those like, mm, yeah, yeah. You know? The fact that he brought his little bear with him and connected it to his belt. Oh, a cito. Yeah. Wow. He certainly, yeah, Batman certainly doubles as the Splinter. Yeah, as well. yeah. Which isn't, I mean, that's a huge absence to not have Splinter. I wonder if they just thought too many bodies. We well, don't yeah, know because they, they, they had to cut April and Casey and Splinter out of this. And I kind of I, I kind of respect why they did that. Like, they wanted to have people on even footing. And, and maybe, it, it's kind of like having the X-Men, you know, team up with the Teen Titans, but then Professor X comes in and, like, solves everything at the end of it by giving... Dark side and everybody a mind wipe. It's like that's probably too easy, right? Like so. So I I think maybe it was done for the the adversity aspect of it, like that they're kind of on their own and they don't have like a a father figure or a teacher to fall back on, so to speak. And I mean that that fear sequence is kind of evocative of the Arkham games. Like, I mean, that, that's become a pretty popular aspect of the Scarecrow, you know? (laughs) 
That's funny how the music stops. Yeah. Sort of that awkward. Dun, dun, dun. That is, that is an awesome <laughs> moment. Ah, uh, here she is. Pretty horrifying for my favorite villain. Yeah. So th- this, am, am I, am I interpreting this correctly? Like she turned into a Venus flytrap basically. I think so. So yeah. it, it, you'd think it would be more attractive. The, the, but I don't yeah, know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Like the, the the thing that that I found, it's it's weird the choices they made in that comic too. Because in the comic, I think she's like a praying mantis or something, which is weird. Oh, but here she's kind okay. of mobile, oh, you know, like so. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, the Damien Turtle Shuffle. This also is is much better the the two face like the way it's like a cat and a dog like for both both faces yeah like I like that like in the I in the comic it's a little more subtle it's I think what it was supposed to be in the comic was a chimpanzee and a baboon so it was I oh, don't know. I mean I, I see what they were going for but I think visually like you get immediate recognition between a cat and a dog being like two you know I guess opposites in in nature as it were. Uh oh! Here we here we have it. The the other shipper alarm. It's coming. Okay, so I I agree with Michelangelo on this. This is this is kind of creepy, but yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So sh- shipper with a, a heavy heavy helping of. I uh, yeah. Uh, turtles can dodge bullets. Way to go, turtles. Ooh. Interesting. Now everyone's meeting. It's all it's all culminating, right? Yep. And, and kind of like what you're saying, like they're not really working in unison. Everybody's kind of taking their own shot at Batman or whoever, right? Like the, it's not like this is a coordinated effort. So I guess uh, Batman's spirit animal is a giant bat because that's that's what's about to go down here, I guess, which is not what happens in the comic. But I actually prefer this, too, because by this point, everybody's mutated. So I guess what's good good for the yeah. villains is good for the Batman, I guess, you know, like. It's true. 
I think. You think it's well? I guess we'll see. I, I think in the, the 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 comic, it's like there's this weird thing where the the turtles build Batman yet another armor, and it's got like all their colors in it. Like, it, it, and I was kind of like, I can see why they excised that because it's just like yet another. I mean, you know, you've got so many instances, whether it's like Batman versus Predator, Dark Knight Returns, or all this, you know, Greg Capullo, Scott Snyder arcs where there are all these various bat armors, you know, and I'm like, I, I bet at that point people are like, we've seen, you know, we've seen enough bat armors, we want to do something a little different, so they, they decided to go the route of having Batman actually mutate into something else, and it, it's, it's a little, <laughs> it's a little red rain, I guess. yeah. Do you think it's at all close? Because I, I was just thinking about Joker and Copperhead, the mm-hmm. fact that we've got a villain that actually looks like that, or, and then we have Man Bat. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's the obvious one, obviously for you know for Batman to turn into, but the oh Nemo, but the fact that we we have him turn into something that looks like something that already exists. What do you think about well, that? I guess the thing I was thinking about was like it, it, it reminds me a little. There's a there's a Turtles character called the Wingnut, and it's actually. Oh, that's right. Kind of yeah. looks like Batman, so I don't. I don't know if they were trying to go for that on purpose or not, but that's that's what this reminds me of. So like that, because I think it came with like two toys. It was like Wingnut and Screw Loose or something like that. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so I was I was thinking about that. This is no good. So this harkens back basically to that uh, conversation that. Donatello and Batgirl had where she asked, is there any mental effects from this serum? And he said, not that I've noticed, but because Joker messed with it, yeah. of course you have Batman not really being there. And, and And that's something, too, that this this serum, like, they, they created a anti-ooze MacGuffin, you know, in order to reverse this process, right? So this is your, this is your, you know, catch-all solution MacGuffin to the problem. And I, I, I think, like, that aspect was not even a thing or a consideration in the source material because the only people who got mutated were the bad guys. And I think the notion was eventually the serum would wear off, which kind of leads me to question, like, Rachel Ghoul's master plan, like, in the comics at least, because I'm like, if the serum's just going to wear off after a while, like, why are you... Why are you distributing it uh, unless you're just going to attack for like a couple hours or something like that, I guess. But yeah. And then th- this, I guess, is an example of, of the turtles kind of teaming up on the, the man bat mutated Batman. Oh yeah. I like that pummeling of, uh, Harley. <laughs> Ooh. Oh no. Oh no. Here it is. This is her moment. Oh. Do you think they did that on oh, purpose? Oh yeah. This is this is okay. I, I feel like this is this is something that is is made for you. Like you know what I mean? Like <laughs> like like it's 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 something where it's it's total fan service. It's like it's like the, the people that are kind of like you know, you pair Batgirl and the Joker, you always have this ominous feeling, and this is probably a step in the yeah. direction of, no, man, she's cool. She's she's hip together, and she can, you know, beat the shaz out of them, you know, when, when the woman calls for it, right? Like, that, that it's yeah. not, you know, you don't have to have that that sort of, uh, 
deep, horrible feeling in the pit of your stomach Ooh. when that comes up, you know? And that right there, I have to say, was a little Game of Thrones mm. flashy mm. moment. With the Arya Stark in the night. I, I was thinking like uh, Pulp Fiction with the, the needle stabbing, but yeah. <laughs> I guess. It's been so long since I've seen that. Yeah, I like how also Batgirl, the, the cape, right? Because that was certainly one of the things that Edna Mode said about capes, how they always get yeah. problems. And so he got her by the cape and then she, the buttons, boom. So, Oh, battle damaged Batman. Some of my favorite things <laughs> are battle damaged. I always like those and you can see them battle damaged Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Oh, a human yeah. and emotional moment with Damien. Get some, get some hugs. That's, that's kind of creepy. I, I think, yeah, that entire thing, the whole Cobra and, and yeah, of course now, now, now she really, yeah. she really lays the foot down on the Joker here. Yeah, there we go. And she takes a selfie of it as if to. Uh, she as, has as as, as if to as <laughs> if to hit her, the yeah. point home of, of how non-threatening uh, the Joker is to her now. So, but who knows? Do you think in this universe the Killing Joke has happened? Ah, uh, probably not. I don't know. It, it, that that's that's something I probably not even want to go into. I pro- I, I I think I think it's more <laughs> meta commentary on it. It, it has okay. happened. And it's yeah. it's a meta commentary, but it's not it's not an in universe thing. At least that would be my my take on it. It looks like Penguin's an equal opportunity employer as well. I think I saw a woman, unless it's a man with long hair. <laughs> I can't tell. Well, I mean, that's how uh, what the new Fifty Two Birds got their start, right? Like, so it's, it's entirely possible. That is true. This is this is interesting too because they sort of moved the double cross of the penguin from the beginning of the comic arc to the very end of this arc, and I think that works a little better too. And and penguin, penguin doesn't. I mean, he, he gets double crossed here, but he, you know, it's I don't know. The, 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 I think this works better again. And yeah, I, I do think that is a lady bodyguard. <gasps> yes, there. Oh, oh, she didn't make it very far. Well, you know, you got you got the foot right, so. They're all being ninja yeah. stealthy. Of course, that you know that's 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 how the double cross goes, right? Indeed. It's like in Aladdin. Yes, here's your your reward, your eternal reward. <laughs> oh, poor old guy. This also is is a I think a better plot change than the animated thing because the, the I guess because there was that cross dimensional stuff I guess the notion was when the turtles went to Gotham yeah. they were slowly demutating for some absurd reason and like that was causing them pain and everything but I think they sort of transposed that onto Batman recovering from this you know mutation essentially so I I don't know I kind of like this better. oh boy that does kind of it's a funny remark how you know it's common sense that the back cable would be under 
Wayne Manor, and I just read the Mike W. Barr run of Batman the Outsiders, and originally, like, he tells them that it's under Wayne Manor, but everyone is just like, wow, Bruce just, or Mr. Wayne just lets you <laughs> so you're like, okay. It's, it's, you know, it's more of that uh, classic pre-crisis Silver Age obtuseness of, of society at large. Man, th- them are some pointy little uh, little abs there. I'm surprised he's not taped up. <laughs> but yeah. uh, here we go. Professor Batman is a jerk. Ooh, yep. Man, this is like when he fires everyone. He fired Huntress. Yeah. He fired Seth Brown. Is, he's firing this, the turtles. This is the no man lesson, like all over again. You know, oh, this is this is I I, I got to do this on my own, and I don't I, I can't. The Lego Batman, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. This this seems to be a consistent lesson that Batman has to learn over and over and over again. And then this is the moment where everybody gasps because Raph uh, put hands on the bat. Yeah. Well, and the fact that it's Raphael talking about all this. Yeah, stuff. I mean, because he's, he's basically in saying all this to Batman. It's him talking about himself too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he he's got that moment. I mean, th- this this was kind of the the funny beat from the the original source material too. That that Raph and him <laughs> have this kind of common shared ground, even though they can't stand each other. But then eventually, you know, I think uh, Batman takes him to like Crime Alley and is like, "This is how I lost my." parents or whatever and then Raph finally like cools down because they you know they, they're missing that context of one another you know but I think in this he, he, you know Raph is sharing with him the context of family you know like that that you don't have to isolate yourself <gasps> Mike this is so late he's only doing it because other people did you know, it's you so know, he wants to be part of the crowd <gasps> Yeah, I'm going to do it because everyone else gasped. I do that all the time at work and people get freaked out. I do it dramatically. Like nothing has happened. I'll go, <gasps> and then I get scared. What's happened? <laughs> it's the best thing to do. Out of context. Uh, an out of context gasp will put the yep. flutter in anyone's heart. <laughs> Ooh. And now we've got nice. the handshake. Oh. Yeah, and here they're they're basically accentuating. They did not take a dimensional portal to Gotham City. They just drove, you know. Yeah. Oh. Dimension X. <laughs> yeah, look at all those buttons. Man. Oh, there it is. The turtle van. I think isn't there an actual toy vehicle and it shoots out uh, sewer sewer yep. sewer cats? Yep, this is this is definitely a nod to the the cartoon and <laughs> the, the toy, yeah, for sure. And they got and it almost looks like a uh, it's got the crane glasses. They on. got the graffiti that says "foot stinks." Get it? Yep. The foot stinks. <laughs> we got some Ace Chemicals. This this is more Game of Thrones to me than anything. You got Ubu with little, uh, little arrows, you know? His yeah. Archer squad or whatever. 
that apparently are like stormtroopers because they don't hit anything. <laughs> I guess so. Ooh. I may have wow. may have missed it, but there's a there's a calendar in that turtle van that says April, which I think is a nod to you know who. Oh. Uh... Wow. Just shout thing and yeah, I guess that's enough. Now, I'm just gonna say I think Donatello killed this guy. But I'll I'll decide oh. what happens. Like, right? I mean Oh yeah, where does he? Yeah, there's no way he that. can there's take no, an there's impact. There's no parachute. Like that, that guy's that dead, is, right? Yeah. Like, okay, I'm just, I'm just making sure that's not just me. I'm like, Donatello killed that guy, right? <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Yeah. See, this is kind of thematic as well, but a different thematic because you got both like Raph and Batgirl on their bikes, you know. It's kind of like a World War II German helmet. Mm. I guess they get what they get, you know. Oh, got some, what? Oh, 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 okay. I was like, who are these people? But it's the foot that they had. Yeah, it's like, it's like. There was one that kind of looked like uh, Bebop. Yeah. Or no, Rocksteady. Yeah, because they, they, it's like they're using like the, the League of Assassins, ninjas, and then they, like the, those guys kind of look like a Lope or a Lopex or whatever too, like the, the white yeah. and stuff. And I think later, you know how I said Bane turned into an elephant in the original? I think eventually. Yeah. See, there's like an elephant that's one of the the League of Assassins in this too, but yeah, they're. It, oh gosh, that looked like Pete from uh, <laughs> the ongoing. I'm Pete. Uh, yeah, there he is. Yeah, that, I mean oh, that, well, that's yeah. kind of what Bane looked like, except for imagine like a Bane mask on him. That's why I thought it kind of looked goofy, but I think I think this works a little better. Though you do have to wonder about the physics of it because, like, mass doesn't just come out of nowhere. Yeah. So I guess that person would have to be huge to begin with. I mean, part of me was wondering if, like, I, I know it's not, but part of me was thinking, like, oh, if, if Ubu had turned into an elephant, that might have been uh, more. Yeah, like, that's true. He's, he's a bigger, larger guy, like. One of my favorite parts is coming up. I just don't remember. Yeah, it, when yeah it it's, it's it's almost there. I think. It's about the buttons. Yeah, I think I think uh, Raph. I know you said there it is. April, like. Oh, there, April. 
Shout oh. out to Miss O'Neill. Yeah, who had enough mass to become? Uh, is this the Tyrannosaurus yes. Rex? Give me a break! <laughs> and and his mask still fits. Oh, oh, there we go. Okay. Well, this is like Mr. Hey, Fantastic, where where it grows. Hey, weird. if you want the greatest Robin of all time to have an awesome moment where he's fighting a T Rex, you don't question the physics of. There it, it is. <laughs> yes, here it is. <gasps> Which ones? Oh, the Oh my goodness! Uh, I love Damien. I think it would probably be better used. So- oh, what? Why would he have that? Well, I guess it's like a flare. <laughs> I've always wanted to hit everyone. It's you know, it's when he oh it's for goodness. when he stops being Professor Bad Jerk and decides to call in his family. You know, so. he's like uh, a Thundercats ho message. You know. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> I, I like. I was like, good, good work. Uh. Oh, he smiled. See, that, that, that's the it. character arc, right? Here we go, Jurassic World. It, it, this is like the, the, the more awesome version of the New Frontier Losers version of, of things, because Damien actually lives through it. <clears throat> oh, my. It's like Akira. <laughs> See, I guess... The- Oh my! Yeah, where did all that mass come from? I guess there is mass uh, transformation there. Man, Ace Chemicals is like a a friggin' fortress in this. You'd think it'd be a derelict building. He kind of sounds like Jeff Goldblum. (laughs) He, I think, voiced the the prince, like I think Prince Topaz in the Amethyst um, animated thing. Oh. And I'm trying to think there was from DC. Yeah, Nation. and there there were some other things that he did as well. But yeah, I did I did enjoy his work as Baxter Stockman in this. Yeah, and and this is kind of what I was getting at. Like they kind of yep. uh, elaborate or at least solidify race's plan is always what it's always been to, to burn Gotham to the ground. You know, like it's not, it's, it's not some complicated thing about mutating people and attacking and ruling and all this other stuff. It's just, we're, we're going to eradicate this blight on the planet, which he considers Gotham, right? So he's just going to wipe it out from the ground up. Yeah. Slow motion entrances. Group shot, team shot. So I think uh, a cool nod is going to come up here in a little bit. Ooh. There goes our bad bike. Yeah, Bruce will get her another one. (laughs) I suppose that's true. So now we got Batman versus Shredder round two. Indeed. Batman can't kill the 
They're not children. Well, they're teenagers. I know. It is interesting that they switch and they go with someone they're not accustomed. Well, again, I think it's sort of theme based. I mean, Leo is a swordsman. Yeah. Swordsman, so they're kind of they're kind of going with that kind of pairing, I think, for this. And then let's see. And then you've got like Batgirl fighting Ubu, and she makes short yeah. as well. So I think I think she's been doing pretty. She she's she's you know a plus <laughs> in handling all the big bruisers in this. Oh, gosh, <laughs> you fly man! Oh man, it was like Damien was looking around for who was left, and here we go. Oh, he just threw. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you are a terrible disappointment. Oh my gosh! Grew up in now. This I wasn't expecting either in terms of the the violence. I mean, there's no blood, but I think it's pretty. What, what what's about to go down? Brutal. I was like, ouch. Yeah, man, and it's all wiggly. Oh, yeah, I was like, ow. He might throw up too from the pain. Oh dear! So now, now Leo's got that Action second back. wind. He's ready to. Yeah. Some, some... Oh dear. Oh my. <laughs> Ooh, the wiggle wiggle. Okay, here we go. Mikey's about to do the video game thing. So he, he flipped that foot soldier out towards the, the camera there. The camera. That's totally like the Turtles in Time video game when you used to grab the, the foot soldiers off the screen and then you could like flip them out into the camera. So I was excited about that. Every button they press is the wrong button. <laughs> well, he needs, he needs the guy in the chair to tell him what's what, right? Yeah, the handler. Yeah, it's true. Man, the confidence. Just one arm behind his back. I guess that's just and his fighting style. Confidence and or arrogance. Like, well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. It is Leonardo. And this this again is is really well choreographed. I think. I mean, if if you're if you're expecting a really awesome sword fight, you certainly it certainly delivers. Of course, race cheats. <laughs> and fights dirty and underhanded, breaks the guy's sword. Yeah. Oopsies. From a rat. And that's. Oh, look at that. That's the nod to Master Splinter. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think at this point in the comic, there's some ridiculous fight with the Batman armor and Shredder or something like that. But this is this is much better, I think. Well, it doesn't even seem like he's wearing armor besides his gauntlet. With the way, I mean, once he put on his clothing after the hospital yeah, yeah. scene, it just looks like a flimsy yeah, shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look yeah, at that's that. what I mean. Like, like in the in the source material, he had like some kind of goofy ass armor that had like all these colors because it was all the bandana colors on the bat symbol or something. <laughs> so I, I kind of like that they just went with this as the the round two and everything. Oh boy! And and it fits with the the lesson that. Professor Batman is a jerk needs to learn, right? Like that that here he's he is gonna use teamwork, right? Oh. It looked like he was about to throw a dragon ball. Yeah, right? yeah, that that's that's what that move reminds me of. To do a Kamehameha on Batman or something. Get get a nice bloody punch in the face. And man, some of those combos, man, they, these are really good. You can tell, like, whoever did this actually, like, you know, hit somebody in the face before. <laughs> oh, dear. Gets worse and worse. I don't know how he's hanging on with one arm. Yeah, he must, he must have some... Uh, Strong arm control there. Oh my gosh. Look at how it's shaking, too. Luckily, all it takes is destruction, rampant willy nilly destruction so. to foil Rachel Ghoul's ultimate plan. One thing Rachel Ghoul didn't count on. Dude! This is almost like the opening of your favorite Batman movie. Oh, <gasps> that's true. They just need the little surfboards. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's it, but uh, we'll just go with it. <laughs> These shells are like... I'm pretty sure their shells would have been extremely damaged. Uh-uh, but they... they... Oh, 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 oh that's right, that's right. Okay, I accept it, I accept okay. it. Okay, so this is this is kind of like uh, Mortal Kombat versus DC to me, or Injustice, like that whole, he's punching him as... Oh, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you've true. ever played that, but where they, they plummet from the thing, and you keep beating them up as you do combos on them, yeah. like, that's what that reminded me of. I thought it was pretty, pretty fun. Man, Shredder's been down in that pizza in between this fight, huh? Indeed. <laughs> oh, oh. Yikes. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And that's how the Joker was made. Oh, the uh, the smile clan. Everyone out. How is that possible? A whole two full leagues. <laughs> oh gosh. Of people, and they're doing it. Oh, man, she's got... That, that kind of reminded me of when uh, Batgirl was carrying out the uh, terrible trio guys or whatever out of that brick. Oh, oh, yeah. Bip, bip, bip. She tried to get sharp, yeah, and he yeah. said no. Oh, 
That's what they said in the first <laughs> When he was put in the dump truck. Was it too much trouble to get like a little fishnet and, and kind of swim it through the ooze? Yeah. Oh. Okay, ding ding, shipper. <gasps> oh. We're gonna exchange online. Ooh, Oracle. Bow staffs are cool. Oh. Bow staffs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at that little ship right there. And she does like purple, so it works. It works. Yep, yep. <laughs> I think this is my favorite line in the film. Oh. Oh. Look at that. <laughs> the sickest of tricks. Mm. Man. Uh-oh, what's about to happen? Dum-dum-dum. Oh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, this is this is a nice way to end this. I mean, you know, Batman learns the lesson. You know, he doesn't... Presum yep. presum He's not even eating. Presumably in this universe, he will he will continue to smile and... and, and Use teamwork, you know? Let's hope so. Where's his pizza? There it is. And, he, and he's, oh, he, and and he's folded it the it. right way. Oh. Batman knows oh, how to eat pizza. Goodness. Yeah, and for some reason, there's no pizza sauce on his face. That's because Batman That's knows how to eat pizza. <laughs> Here we go. And then we go. This is pretty cool because they take... Classic comic yeah. covers, but then yeah, add they add stuff to it. Yeah, it's, yep. We've got all these Bob Haney Brave and the Bolds, but oh, there's back. Yeah, man, some Teen Titans action there, merged with the Turtles. Some Neil Adams, and then there's a old Mirage Comics issue where they got Batman in the reflection of a mouser. Yeah. Some Dark Knight Returns, and and there you go, Batman and the Outsiders. You've been reading it, right? There it is. I'm leaving you. I'm going with these guys. There's some old. Boy, was that issue high yep. drama. I'm gonna punch you in the face before I leave. Some Justice League, some superpowers. Yeah, this is this is all fun. Like, I mean, it's pretty cool. It was, yeah. They, they do a pretty good job of, of like, inserting either the Batman characters or the Turtles into those. I mean, they, you know, I'd like to say they look 100% seamless, but it's it's pretty cool. Oh, sure. But just the fact that they came up with that idea, I think, yeah. is a lot of... Oh, there's where Robin yeah, pops yeah, in. Yeah. Some Azucelli, Frank Miller with Raphael and Batman and... The famous Batman cover of Robin on the Hotline. But Batman's busy watching the turtles. Oh yeah, and the, the alien Batman cover. That's that's pretty cool. 
And that's the, it's funny, they made Casey Jones up to look like Nightwing. That's that, that rock. Yeah. One shot. Closest one, I suppose. There's a, there's a Treasury cast cover. Shout out to Rob Kelly. There's some Justice League with the turtles fighting. Yeah. Some Batman the Cult. That's a that's a funny image of Robin there, inserted into that Turtles comic. Yeah. It's not even like the right, you know. Maybe they should have done Damien because it's pretty much like a Dick Grayson outfit. Yeah. Well. Oh. Here it is. The garbage truck. Oh no. Yeah, we gotta gotta go off and start the smile clan. I guess he didn't get the Lazarus pit, but he got the uh Joker Venom chemical pit. Yep. Oh boy. Whew. Yeah. So who knows? Well, well, what what do you think about? I mean, we've been talking about it obviously the entire way through, but thoughts on the movie overall? Overall, I I enjoy this movie kind of like what I said before. I I think this this not only was a fun movie and a good movie, but it exceeded my expectations and it exceeded the source material. I mean, I I think it's excellent. I think I'd put it up there because I I really like how everybody got a good moment to shine. I liked how everyone I think was was given even time to shine you know like all the characters it wasn't lopsided i think you know when i whenever i point to like what i think of as an excellent versus movie or an excellent team movie it usually is something that i think both characters had a good showing in and i, I don't think anyone was was underserviced in this so i think everybody was serviced equally and well and and i think again it exceeded the source material i thought it was Super fun, and again, I was happy to see uh, Batgirl get uh, a lot of uh, opportunities to uh, kick butt and shine and, and kind of overcome any any uh, meta concerns that people have about the Joker, you know, like all that stuff was, yeah. was super cool. So I, I enjoyed it, and um, I, I would uh, watch this repeatedly because I have. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, I think it, it certainly exceeded my expectations. I mean, they were rather high anyways. I was coming in looking for a fun film, and it was a lot of fun. Got to see some great rogues overall. Maybe not as many for the Turtles besides Baxter Stockman and Shredder, but you had enough of the Batman, I think, to fill up enough room that you don't want it to be overcrowded. But yeah, just lots of fun character interactions. Batman is Batman, so yes, he does act like a jerk, you know, a little bit of the time, which I think just comes with the name. But with the turtles having their personalities carry over and just having a lot of laugh out loud moments and Damien being the awkward kid he is with that. And of course, yeah, Barbara and Batgirl, you know, starting off with Barbara, I think was great and, and just getting a look at her character just with that opening scene and then being Batgirl and being respected by Batman, showing her fighting prowess as well as her intelligence was great the shout out you know to fighting the joker and all that and then batman coming together and having a little family moment i mean it was i think a really well-rounded film it hits all of the stuff and it was really interesting so interesting and fun 
Well, if this if there's a sequel, because you know there's that tease at the end, what do you think they would do next? Well, or what would you want to see them do next? See, it's interesting because the 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 I guess the the sequel to the comic series was set in like different universes. I guess they did like the the animated Batman, the animated series with the sort of animated turtles to a degree as one of the sequels. But then the other one that I haven't read completely, but I sort of flipped through like the first issue before we talked about this, just so I would know what it was about. It seems to be like some kind of amalgam thing, like where, you you know how like, I guess like, you know, after they did like DC versus Marvel and they had all those amalgam books where the characters were like fused together. It's almost like the universe was kind of fused together. So you, I kept talking about the smile clan because that's what they called it. Like it's like, it's like the, the Joker and Treader are the same character, I guess. And like, it's like, it's like Karai and Harley Quinn are kind of fused together and they're leading the smile clan instead of the foot clan. And like, Batman's the one of the brothers and, and Splinter's like his father figure Alfred, you know, like so I, I I don't I don't know if they'll try to do that, but that that could be where they're leading with that post credits tease that something along those lines where you've got, you know, a Jokerized Shredder, you know, as part of a sequel, you know. So I you know, I, I guess I, I would be up for it. I'd be curious to see what they do with it. I mean, it's the obvious play, right, since it was the end. And I'm hoping, if since that happened to Shredder, that maybe we see more Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle rogues in there as well. And so maybe Bebop Rocksteady. Hmm. Um, I don't know, maybe... Well, yeah, who's... Yeah. Fair play is fair play. I mean, maybe instead of setting it in Gotham, they should go to the Turtles New York. Yeah. You know? Or or maybe go a little more obscure with things. I mean, we're talking about, you know, Man-Bat. Like, what if Man-Bat meets, you know, Wingnut and Screwloose or or Kirby or something? Like, have have those those themed characters that that make sense to meet, meet even if it's sort of obscure or whatever, you know? Or or maybe, you know, next time, you know, it's like, would would it be cool to see, like, Casey Jones and Nightwing meet or something? You know, like like things like that. That that might be kind of fun. Yeah, who do you think would be the counterpart to Shredder if they just did a sequel? So you mean like like who in on the the the, the Batman side? side? Like, uh, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. Like who would you like? I don't know. Unless it's just Shredder led. I mean. Well, yeah, no, I, I, I guess they could they could do another like character or something but i'm just trying to think like maybe if it was a jokerized shredder like maybe maybe there should be a a turtle fied um you know like like you know arkham person or something like that i don't I don't know how to explain that i mean they they all kind of already had them be mutants but maybe it could be you know something along the lines of like the court of owls is actually owls or something you know what i mean like some, something oh, like they're, yeah. they're they're you know fusing those themes together just like they're fusing the joker and the shredder Black Mask? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I, I look forward to it, though. I think it would be a lot of fun and just bringing in more characters and maybe finally see Splinter. I think, well, you would get rid of Alfred potentially yeah, yeah. if they were in yeah. New York City. So then you'd have space for a different character. But I hope I hope they do. I mean, it was, I think it was a lot of fun. I didn't check sales or anything because, unfortunately, you know, it's going to sound like I'm bad-mouthing Warner Brothers and stuff, but it's true. It's It really is about the sales and everything and the toys also push that forward so if it didn't do well they're not gonna continue with an idea that didn't sell well so i'm hoping it did 
I think if Batman's in it, the sales are fine. Like, I don't, I don't, I mean, I mean, because <laughs> that's, that's what they go with, right? I mean, all these projects, I mean, it's like the Suicide Squad and all this other stuff, they slap Batman on the cover to, to boost the sales. So, I mean, and Batman was actually in this legitimately. So, like, I think, I think the sales are probably fine on this. Like, I, I think it might be more a matter of who gets a piece of what pie, right? Like, maybe between Warner and Nickelodeon or something. Like, that's the only thing I could see holding up doing more projects like that. So what you said that you would watch it again, what grade would you give this out of 10? Let's see here. Oh, 10 French kisses by, you know, um, well, I guess, I guess if it evokes that reaction out of me, and this is how good I feel about it in, in counterpoint to the, the, uh, um, I'll, I'll give it 10 out of 10 really creepy French kisses from, uh, Harley. Cause I, I, I do think this is really solid. Like I, I don't, I don't find any faults with this. Like I enjoyed it. I think it's, I think it's really good. And, and I would, I would put it up there with, with, uh, some of my favorite, uh, DC direct to video animated projects. Like I said, under the red hood or, or dark. Like I, I, I really enjoy those, and and I think this is this is right up with the, those as far as those kind of projects, and even comparing it to other turtle stuff. Like I love that TMNT two thousand seven film, and I, I think this is this is right up there with it as far as like from the turtles end of things. Yeah, I yeah I would agree. I think ten, uh, Joker and Harley French kisses. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a lot of fun, and I will continue to watch it and. It's got the spooky Halloween factor, so it's the perfect time to watch it again. Yep, yep. Before we part ways, here, there you go. Where can people find you and support you? Uh, people can check me out on the interwebs. If you like podcasts, you can go over to fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. And if you like videos about comic books and the history of comics on film, there's the chronological coverage of those over on hocof.blogspot.com for history of comics on film. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on and watching this film. Yeah, yeah, this was a treat. This was a pleasure. I was looking forward to it, and I had a lot of fun. So thank you, Stella. Did you get through all six pages? I, I did. I did. I mean, I'm scrolling through it. I mean, I said things at different points in time. But, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here at the bottom of, of page seven that says, after credits have a Jokerized shredder. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're all. There you go. Okay. Well, remember, you can send any questions or comments to me. And if you have any comments or complaints about Derek, you can also send them my way and I'll forward them to him. At back. You can take them. You can send them to me. I'm sure you will. Get, I just always like to say that. But uh, yeah, so send it to BackrollTheOracle at gmail.com. You can also find the show on Google Play and Stitcher, like the show on Facebook, or follow it on Twitter at BackrollTheOracle. And be sure to follow the Batman Universe on Facebook and Twitter as well, and support it by subscribing to Patreon. Once again, thanks to Mile High Comics for sponsoring Backroll the Oracle, the Barbara Gordon Podcast. And until next time... Fly on, Babs Lovers.